Hello and welcome back to Podcasting is Praxis. My name is Rob and my pronouns are he and him. And I'm Alistair, my pronouns are he and him. I'm James, my pronouns are they and them. And I'm Jamie and my pronouns are he and him. And we made it all the way through without David, who isn't here tonight for reasons. Uh, but we still have a pod to cast. Uh, we have some nice nuggets, and then we have a delightful article for you to read. Uh, but first, in a wild change of pace, James, what's been going on in the news? Well, I thought we'd start with the nice and kind of sedate world of international relations, since that makes for a, just a kind of nice kind of tease into the episode proper. Um, you might not know this, but recently there's been a bit of a stir going on internationally because uh, Sweden and Finland have decided they're going to join NATO, right? Um, and for those of you who don't know, all the different countries in NATO have a veto on new people joining. Okay, sounds reasonable enough. You want it to be a tight alliance. Except one of those countries is Turkey. And Turkey is run very by Erdogan. Yeah. yeah. And if you want to learn just how normal Turkey is, go listen to Peace at Home with music by Jordan. Um, but because Erdogan's in charge of Turkey, uh, Erdogan has basically been, you know, demanding. Um, he wants certain concessions from the joining countries and from other countries in return from being allowed to join. And primarily, he wants Sweden to ship him back a bunch of Turkish dissidents uh, who have done nothing illegal and nothing wrong. Um, but he wants them anyway, including basically a whole bunch of like pro, uh, you know, Kurdish nationalists, etc. So that hasn't been going well. He's been delaying them joining. And it's got to the point that people are starting to get a bit antsy and America has been piling up, you know, um, pressure on Turkey, you know, particularly to do with like arms shipments and various other things. So this is like the background which leads to what I consider one of the most beautiful little petty events of recent modern international relations. So um, America, as part of its pressure, decided that, you know, since Turkey draws a fair bit of its income from tourism, they would, um, you know, they'd, they'd maybe state the reality in a damning way to dampen tourism. So we get this wonderful article from the Jerusalem Post. US issues another warning of possible terrorist attacks in Turkey. Several embassies in Ankara issued security alerts over possible retaliatory attacks against places of worship. So pretty standard stuff America, you know, America puts out. And as a consequence, every time they do this, tourism to the country concerned drops off. Um, however, Turkey is not to be bested. And Turkey has issued its own alert. Turkey alerts citizens to risk of attack in United States Europe on heels of Western warnings. Um, no, you. Turkey warned its citizens on Saturday against possible Islamophobic, xenophobic and racist attacks in the United States and Europe after its Western allies cautioned their citizens in Turkey about possible terror attacks. Um, so, yeah, this is the world we live in. This is the, this is the degree of normal that we I get mean, to enjoy in the international community. On the one hand, that one on Turkey's put out isn't wrong. Mm -hmm. But on the other hand, Erdogan should just hurry up and chase the one ring into a fucking volcano so we can all be rid of him. <laughs> I, just, I just love the pettiness of it. It's like well, it's the, just the same shit. Like this is this is just the same shit that's been going on with you know uh, uh, whether we were all talking about Turkey joining the European Union and then flooding Britain with uh, with vile Muslims uh, as I was assured was happening during the Brexit debate. You know, it's just like they always do the shit and then it never happens. Like you know, this is just another thing in the same manner. It's just you know. It, 
Turkey is a very strange country with a very strange politics, and, you know, Erdogan is just a maniac, uh, except this time we invited him in, and this is one of the many reasons that, like, they won't, won't and will never join the European Union, despite people saying so. So it's just, like, it's just more of the same the same shit, and, like, I can't really see, you know, the, the you know... I can't really see like Finland and and Sweden handing over like people to Turkey because I think that's you know I don't, no. on, I don't know I can see them because they're I are mean they'll hand them over also. to America but like not oh, Turkey yeah 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 Pro- uh, probably yeah. not no like it is quite interesting actually because Finland has reasserted that you know as far as they're concerned their bid is a joint bid with Sweden and if they get sh- allowed in but Sweden doesn't they're not joining essentially. So it's, uh, you know, it's round and round it goes, maybe a uh, joint sometime bid. next year. <laughs> I like this idea. So if it's like sort of a, a Eurovision vibe. Flying to NATO as a couple. <laughs> well, kind of. They're, they're bigger, like, there's this whole Scandinavian solidarity thing between them that they're deadly serious about. So like, all right, you know, power in a union and all of that, I guess. Um, just not the European Union necessarily. Don't talk to Norway about that. Uh, anyway, um Hopefully, hopefully it's all fine, though, and, and hopefully this really is just kind of stupid, like, uh, tourism was, and there's not actually going to be a terrorist incident. Um, but if there is, we can be hopeful that their militaries will be well-placed to respond, because um, did you know there is a whole new frontier in strengthening militaries across the world? Uh, specifically, space. we now have... Cyber. Oh, no. No, it's even dumber than that. Are we doing that thing with that little French cartoon in the 80s where we send people into somebody's bloodstream? uh, No, no, no. Um, Instead, it's about military recruitment. Specifically, we now have e-girl influencers trying to get Gen Z into the military. Um... So it's, uh, yeah, no, we, there's this whole new frontier, <laughs> and this is now enough of a thing that we can point to several examples around the world. Um, you know, starting, I'm just reading this article um, by Days Digital. Um, it opens with, I'm not the American dream, I'm more like the American nightmare, beams the influencer known as... Uh, Mikey Wido note, fuck e-girl army recruiters, all my homies hate e-girl army recruiters. In a video to uh, 363,000 TikTok followers. With full face e girl makeup, drawn on freckles, and a rosy nose, the 20 year old is the face of an unsettling new breed of e girl garnering millions of views online. She posts thirst traps inside choppers and pouty selfies with assault rifles with hashtags like pew pew and military curves. She shares guilty <laughs> <Yeah>. unboxing. <laughs> yeah, uh, military me- curves, <laughs> just that gun carter shit. She shares cutesy unboxing compilations and makeup tutorials, get ready with me videos, and lip syncs. Unboxing fucking ammunition. Yeah, what am I unboxing? Like, is it that that guy who eats like 19th century military rations? Is it that kind of unboxing? Because I thought that was Uh, already being done. Oh man, these e-girls need to eat some Panzer Schokolade. So they, uh, they, yeah, they've, they've, they've been doing that. They literally have been doing the unboxing rations, etc. But also unboxing. I checked this out. Unboxing a rocket launcher and just things oh my like fucking that. Christ. Yeah. Um, have they unboxed joked- any of those like massive pallets full of like fucking hundred dollar bills that they had in the right war? Uh, not to my knowledge. Um, she jokes no, those about are all war at George bunker. Clooney's house. <laughs> 
she jokes about war bunkers and plays with. Oh, you're gonna say war thunder, and I was just immediately thinking of like leaking <laughs> secrets, like military mm. secrets to war thunder. <laughs> no, I'm I'm, pre- I'm pretty sure that's the one part you'd expect there to be natural synergy and military crossover. But strangely, like this is off topic, but uh, that is now a vetting question for the U.S. government for national security clearance. Um, you know, you get asked if you play War Thunder. That's a, that's a recent thing they have added. <laughs> Thanks to me, they have a side now. <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? Um, being an avid player of War Thunder is apparently, you know, a dent against your, uh, you know, security clearance. So, uh, fantastic. Love it. Um, but yeah, she jokes about war bunkers and plays with remote control tanks, which she overlays with sparkly filters and heart emojis. Um, <laughs> I, I just want to say the corollary to this is like, I, I saw... Um... Someone like posted a TikTok on Twitter of some guy just going around his fucking barracks and talking to the guys that are in there and like two thirds and asking them, What would you say to your recruiter if you had like had the chance to? And like two thirds of them said, just said, Fuck you. <laughs> mm. So she's known in esoteric meme circles as the Psyop Girl. Um, and she's Esther- a self-described psych- esoteric meme circles. <laughs> yeah, what? I'm sorry. What is it? Is this like Alistair Crowley, but for the shit age? What is this? Like the the, the mimetic order of the golden tweet? What is this? What what the fuck is? T- <laughs> that is a shirt. We need a shirt with that on. It's like uh, uh, right away. Um, but no, she's a self-described psychological operations specialist of the U.S. Army. Um, so, like, actually, her presence has led to genuine memes speculating, like, in, in half seriousness, that she's a post-ironic psyop meant to recruit people into U.S. Army, which she very obviously is. And we know this because other places have been, you know, copying her. But what's really great is her own fans have been replying, my own taxes used to psyop me, and definitely a fed <laughs> brackets, I'm signing up for the army now. Anyone, anyone else remember that time that uh, the U.S. Army had a Twitch stream and they were just like they were just having to ban all the people in chat because they kept asking about American war crimes. <laughs> yeah, hashtag World of War Crimes. Yeah. <laughs> but the thing is, like, if it was just one influencer, it'd be okay. That's kind of funny, but it gets creepy when you realise there's multiple people doing it. Um, you know, she's not the only e-girl using San- Sanrio sex appeal. I don't even know what that is. I'm old now. Um, to San Rio into, sex appeal. Yeah, San Rio, capital S, S-A-N-R-I-O. If you know what that is, don't write in. Um, <laughs> there's also <laughs> and not to mention countless hashtag Miltok gunfluencers cropping up online. I hate this uh, earth and I wish for it to be cleansed <laughs> of this putrid life that dwells upon it. Um, influencer also served in the U.S. Navy for four years before going viral on TikTok in 2020 and is arguably the blueprint of this kind of kawaii, commodified fetishism in the military. An adjacent figure... Uh, why, are we, why are we naming these people? Like, we're not, why are we giving them attention? Let's just, let's just not do that. Also known as Gun Waifu, is an Israeli influencer <laughs> and IDF soldier. Wow, that's a fucking hat trick right there. <laughs> My <Yep>. Gun Waifu. It's <laughs> really as- Gun Waifu, actually, very real. <laughs> <laughs> Gun Waifu is an Israeli influencer and IDF soldier who uses waifu aesthetics and catgirl cosplay to peddle pro-Israel propaganda to her 756,000 followers. 
She pauses to camera. Yeah, you can, you can I, get a body pillow of her with uh, her holding a sexy gun on one side and on the other side it's just a shot journalist. <laughs> <laughs> she pauses to camera, Ahegao style, with freshly manicured nails wrapped neatly around a Glock. The uwuification of military functioning as a cutesy distraction <laughs> from the shadowy <laughs> colonial context. Sorry, but the... <laughs> These are not words. I'm sorry. I don't know who wrote this, but the <laughs> umuification is not a thing. It will not be a thing, and I'm refusing it to become a thing. Like, I'm sorry, okay. but we have to draw the line somewhere, and umuification is it. <laughs> I I'm sorry. We need, to, we, we, need to repurp- we need to repurpose that fucking uh, chat AI that was trying to denazify all of those fucking 4chan weirdos who were, who were really into, like, forced feminization. But like, hey man, like these weird gun, gun talk, gun waifu. I, I, I hate that I'm saying all of these words. Mill talk, <laughs> gun waifu. <laughs> um, what's great though is, uh, you know, she she includes captions on her videos. One of which is when they try and destroy your nation. <laughs> Over her like cutesy posing. As the article goes on, we've entered an era of military-funded e-girl warfare in what would have felt unimaginable <laughs> no, only a few... No, we Sir, have we cannot no. allow an e-girl gap. <laughs> <laughs> right, we're, we're joking, but the reason this article exists is because there's evidence to show that, yes, this is being directly no, funded. No, I'm sure it's being directly funded, but I'm genuinely, I'm genuinely, I'm sorry, but we have not entered the age of waifu warfare. Like, this is, we're just, this is just <laughs> horseshit. This is just somebody, like, hyping their shit. Like, it's a, it's a, it's S- just Sir, a the bit. Russians I'm have sorry. enough waifus to annihilate the population of Earth ten times over. <laughs> <laughs> Did you all see uh, John Wick Dad, though, this week? Uh, what? The, no, some what? fucking some guy doing like John Wick style drills in his garden. Oh, that guy! Oh, that guy! Comically fucking bad. I mean, sorry, but like the only thing that I'm currently trying to imagine is uh, uh, because we did that episode on the on the Patreon about military recruitment is like a uh, uh, capita overseeing an ego recruitment program and just the <laughs> absolutely mind bending horrors that would result from that. Well, to give you an example, of, like typical content has said, uh, don't go to college, become a farmer or soldier instead, in recent TikTok, before going on anti-liberal rants about the metaverse and impossible burgers. It's like, it's, it's basically marshalling a whole bunch of reactionary fuckwads. Well, no, not the metaverse. Yeah. We on the left love the metaverse. No, don't mm. smirch the name of that. Uh, but yeah. Not my... Not my, I'm, I'm not my precious legs. <laughs> Yeah, looks down the at gun legs. waifus are at war with the leg waifus. <laughs> <laughs> just, I'm waiting for the convergence of like wiki feet and hardcore military wikis just into one combined kind of thing. Imagine a photo of a boot stamping on a face over and over again on a wiki. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it just kind of goes on and basically they're reorientating from esports, etc. to like essentially, you know, mill talk you know, gun waifu influence kind of shit. Um, and it, it, it's pretty great. Um, I, I just I, I just love this idea. Like, I, there are pictures, and I, unfortunately I can't share them with our patrons because these are all, like, obviously they belong to an influencer, um, and they, they're, like, really hardcore about taking shit down. But it's got, like, one woman in, like, 
I could only describe it as like a bunny Santa Santa outfit in neon like pink, except she's got a fucking grenade launcher slung over her shoulder as she does her cute bunny pose, just uh, like uh, incongruous. I hope one of them. I hope one of them's in like a a bubblegum pink ghillie suit or something. Oh yeah, no, I've, I've literally seen that. Um, I, I did a little bit of browsing of like uh, Mill Talk, and it's just it's it's just, it's so cursed. It's just so so bad. Um, I, I, it, what's worse is knowing that there are throbbing erections around the world looking at this shit, and it's just yeah, okay, this is the future of war. You get dragged into <laughs> doing your service to your country by being basically um, strung along by like a Mill Talk influencer, and cut forward six months and you're doing war crimes um, to TikTok kind of dances. Sounds great. Sounds awesome. Yeah, I mean, but, I don't know. I can't. Re- <laughs> like, it's bad and all, but. I'm like, if you're, if you can be persuaded to to commit war crimes on the basis of like TikTok waifus, then you are probably going to commit them anyway. Because there's, you know, like maybe maybe this is me just being an old man, and I'm fine with that. But like, I whatever, like have fun with Rocking it. Rocking up to just, the Nuremberg trials and being like a TikTok influencer <laughs> told me to do it. <laughs> Ah, the cat, cat ear defense. <laughs> that uh, that guy that drank poison in the courtroom accepted a bottle of gamer girl bathwater. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Well, um, y- you can expect this kind of tactic to start making. Where we don't have a British version yet, as best of anyone to tell. That doesn't exist in Britain yet. And I'll just leave a cursed image of what a, a British, like, Miltok influencer would look like. Uh, what, you know, the, the squaddy equivalent of this would be. Um, but we're probably going to need it at some point because recently. Ricey and Gibbo, uh, obviously. Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> Ricey and, and Gibbo, I guess. Um, Nailed what, it. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Stuck a landing. But we're probably going to need something like this because um, recent reports are out to tell us that the British Army is in a dire state and we should be very concerned. We have allowed to... a TikTok influencer gap. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, so in forces.net on the 30th of January, um, they reported on uh, Tobias Elwood, who is the Defence Committee Chair, basically saying that uh, many key aspects and components of the British Army's land warfare are now 20 to 50 years old. Can you um, Can imagine, I guess sorry, some of these you... components? Can I, can I have a punt at some of the components that aren't, haven't been working for 20 years? Can... <laughs> uh, you can you can definitely do that, Rob. Would you like to take a guess at one of the major boondoggles that Tobias is very unhappy with? Oh, it, is someone it, is explaining it what a waifu is to him. It's e-girls. It's our lack of e-girls. It's Capita's lack of no, recruitment of e-girls. No, 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 no. G- genuinely, in all seriousness, we've talked about it before. Um, yeah, I'm not going to say it because I know what it is. Like, obviously. Yeah, it's, it's the Ajax. <laughs> it's, it's, it's the Ajax. Um, so he's There's actually promised... He's actually promised that there will be a report on the Ajax, like, imminently outlining all the ways in which it sucks, so we can look forward to that on the pod, I guess. Um, But more generally, um, Ben Wallace MP, uh, you know, has been privately told um, by a senior US general, uh, and, you know, Ben Wallace is UK Defence Secretary, if anyone doesn't know, that the British Army is no longer regarded as a top-level fighting force either. Yeah, I'm um, sorry, but this is just the British military's way of, you know, yammering for more money. This this, this is like you could set your fucking clock to it. They do this every once in a while. They just go, oh, did, did, did you know we're, we're not actually we're, we're not a big boy anymore. It's really sad. You should give us money. Like, that's just the way that's 
I've heard this tale. I think this comes out like once a year, this story of like, oh, did you know it, it, things are really bad? You should give us some money. You should really give us some more money. No, don't look at all the boondoggles. Just give us some more money. Well, they might be taking it slightly more seriously this time because they appear to be both looking at the boondoggles and tearing their own faces off over it. So we'll see whether anything actually changes. Spoiler, Point at the Ajax and being like, hey, these wheels come right off. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yeah, no, the, the recent media cycle is all about how essentially our media is so shit that America is no longer in any way, shape or form factoring Britain into anything in terms of its planning. Like Good. not even for pre- not even for prestige, basically. It's like there's no longer if they do a coalition of the willing, they're intentionally not including Britain because we're so pathetic. I mean, good. Like that sounds that sounds delightful so far as I'm concerned. Like Wow, why, everyone's yeah. everyone's finally gotten sick of the kid that hangs around with a bully trying to knock everyone's fucking teeth out. Oh no, we can't participate in whatever misadventure the United States is going to come up with next. Oh, raspberries. Damn, now we can't go to Yemen with the cool kids or wherever the fuck the American military machine oh, don't, is going to go Don't worry, we're next. still going to be in Yemen. Don't worry about that. I mean, that. you know, just to throw a dart on a map where we're supposedly not and where the Americans are and where we're, you know, whatever. Like, pick, pick a country, any country, essentially. Well... That's pretty much all she wrote on it. That's the, the, the UK military is completely fucked. And uh, yeah, you know, you'll be hearing about it to a timetable, as Rob has said, because uh, as it turns out in our last little news nugget for tonight, uh, BBC news coverage is systemically biased and, you know, institutionally captured. And this is no, nowhere is this more evident than in the BBC's economic coverage, because a recent review of the BBC's economic coverage has found concerns, um, and I love this, but no systemic bias, right? Um, so the BBC board basically, you know, said, hey, what about our economic coverage? Is it biased? To which the answer is, no. It's <laughs> no, just... it's just stupid. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Journalists lack understanding is a key finding from it. Yeah, well, economics isn't real. How are you, how are you going to understand something magical and whimsical like that? <laughs> well, um... <they laughs> Ask wrote... the people who we maintain not... the Harry Potter wiki, yeah. <sighs> That's a cursed kind of nerd, that is. Um, We did not find evidence of willful bias, but breaches of broad impartiality can arise nevertheless. Curious. For example, we think too many journalists lack an understanding of basic economics or lack confidence reporting it. I wish that last part was true. Oh, yeah. Um, (laughs) Confidence. Yeah, they they lack that in spades. This brings a high risk to impartiality. In the period of review, it particularly affected debt. Some, gen- some journalists seem to feel instinctively that debt is simply bad, full stop, and don't appear to realise this can be cont- uh, contested and contestable. Um, others that outsiders of BBC coverage were more public spending is good and tax cuts are good. And these kind of, you know, uh, responses and, and reportings of, of, like, you know, economics, it turns out, basically, uh, the BBC journalists are uh, thick as pig shit, don't know anything about economics, and just report what they're basically told by think tanks and third-party organizations well i'm glad someone blew the lid off this conspiracy yeah but don't don't worry that's not that's not systemic bias it's just it's systemic incompetence and it's an important distinction what i did like about i I read i didn't read the whole thing i read a couple of excerpts and there's like it's an extremely bbc report in that there's there's one part where it essentially says 
someone who said that uh, the like the BBC's portrayal of debtors, you know, basically being bad is like that's not necessarily true. Uh, they may have had a point, but they don't at any point name the person who tried to contest this point or like for like really elaborate at all on what they were actually trying to say. It's like there were instances where people may have had a point, but we can't, we don't really care to actually let you know who they are or what they were trying to say. <laughs> what I love about it is uh, there's this wonderful little denial kind of paragraph that goes, the document said that while the risk to impartiality may look political, we think they need a better explanation, which is that they're really journalistic. But it said that this was no less serious and raises questions for BBC and its journalists about what kind of journalism they want to do and how to do it. Much could apply at least equally to other UK media, they said. Which, you know, there it is. It's like the UK media is not fit for purpose. They, they basically repeat, repeat word for word whatever they're given by think tanks. And it's a small list of organisations that yeah. intentionally shape I mean, essentially your job, your job as like a headliner journalist is to regurgitate what you read in the last press release yeah. that came across your desk. That is, that is your job. That is what you do. Like there is yeah, no impetus to actually think oh, critically. Alistair. I mean, because that's just... What? Alistair, it's it, let's let's you and I be honest. It's also about regurgitating what your confidential source, i.e., Dominic Cummings, has said five minutes ago. It's two <laughs> things. You shouldn't do yeah. them down like that. No, the way the, the way the the way the balance works is the stenographers for the government, but they're also stenographers for the think tanks, which also influence government policy, and that's what makes it balanced. Oh my. T- I'm just, I just, I'm just thinking about Sebastian Payne for some reason right now. <laughs> are you? Good, good are luck you think- in your new new endeavor at the fucking Onward. 1488 Institute for Rightward Thinking. <laughs> <laughs> Well, wouldn't you know it, Alistair? <coughs> That's as perfect a segue as I've ever had because uh, for tonight's main oh, topic, no. I thought we should read some Seb Payne. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> Absolutely fuck off. I'd like, no, 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 no. Yeah, we are. Um, Because obviously uh, he's just been installed in his new uh, job at Onward, uh, the centre-right think tank. Yeah, the 1488 Institute for Rightward Thinking, yeah. (laughs) Uh, And they're specifically interested at the moment in making levelling up work, and that's because uh, Michael Gove wasn't at all one of Sepp Payne's primary sources when he was at the FT, and I'm not insinuating that that is a thing that ever happened. Certainly not all the fucking time, given the Rosa reporting that Michael Gove tended to get in the Financial Times. Um, Why why is levelling up so fucking difficult for these idiots? Can they not just copy a build off the internet? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, well, he, he has some respecking uh, advice. Uh, he already pu- published a piece in The Guardian uh, a couple of days ago that uh, the best way for... Um, this is going to be the journalistic equivalent of fucking Elon Musk's uh, Dark Souls character, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> uh, or potentially his proposal to improve chess. Uh, no, his... <laughs> He never wanted to improve chess, Alistair. Get it right. It's that chess was just inherently too simplistic compared to, like, StarCraft 2 or whatever the fuck. <laughs> StarCraft 2 is way too modern to have, like, appeared on Elon Musk's radar. <laughs> 
Um, yeah, so he was already in the in the Guardian a couple days ago, uh, writing that the best way for Labour to win, which they're not projected to win at the moment, is to appeal more to left authoritarians, or as we call them, conservatives. Um, so, but but this time he's he's fleshed his his thinking out a little bit more in uh, in the Times, um, and the best way to do leveling up is not actually to spend more money, but to do uh, something else. Let me read you the title: The quickest way to level up is to stop the jobs. Oh, this fucking turd of a report. <laughs> <laughs> it's just 1997 all over again. We're just, you know, it's not even 97. Yeah, the best, the it's like best way, the best way to era. do leveling up, the best way to do leveling up is to chop off the hand of anyone caught fucking shoplifting. <laughs> well, um, the, tackling antisocial behaviour is the number one priority if we are to have any chance of improving the most deprived areas. Is it? My friend, mm. I, well, I say friend, my person that I have to put up with sometimes... <laughs> Do you not think you may have gotten your cause and effect the wrong way around? Uh, no, Alistair. I think uh, I think what you actually find uh, that is for the residents of Oldham, antisocial behaviour uh, is pervasive. The lack of safety in the town centre is palpable, day or night. So I don't live in Oldham, uh, but apparently there's vampires about or roving gangs of youths uh, wearing leather jackets and clicking Someone, their fingers. Someone's or something, playing extremely moody music on a boombox. Uh, but what, what Rob is basically describing is a particularly, you know, hit cult film that ends with a guy driving a fucking, uh, you know, bulldozer through a wall. So, yeah, no, I'm, I'm here for this. Why not hit youths wearing leather jackets who are vampires? We I need ask? to give youths a killdozer. This <laughs> is what we've learned. Yeah. <laughs> if only we gave them Carmageddon, then everything would solve itself. Um, three of its police stations have gone. Shops and restaurants have vanished. The market has emptied. As one local mother says, there's not a chance you walk around Oldham Town Centre on your own. Hopping on a tram to Manchester is no better. I, the carriages sorry, are likely... Hold on a second, please, Rob. Like, does... Mm-hmm. Is the implication here that antisocial behaviour has caused all the police stations to close, caused the high and, street to close up mm-hmm. shop? And the market all to from, vanish, all frankly. From, all from, like, all the kids being, you know doing kickflips on the hoodies or whatever <laughs> no or like the last market trader just like slipped and fell for the 20th time on an empty nos canister and that was just it <laughs> like that's that's what that's what did it in you know anybody who wanted to get go go to greg's was just like taking their lives into their own hands I love that we've come full circle back to the, you know, sliding and slipping through the streets and the empty nos canisters like that's an that's an old hit and I'm glad we've returned to it uh, hopping, <laughs> hopping on a tram to Manchester is no better. The carriages are likely to be empty, ridership stalled years ago, and it can feel just as threatening. According to another resident, you take your life into your hands for a £3.60 return ticket. No, they didn't. <laughs> No, genuinely, no, I don't... No, no real person has said that. <laughs> well, somebody has said that, but it's someone who hasn't been on public transport for years and has just been, like, cloistered reading the Daily Mail and just going into hysterics. It is, it is really fun when you get one of these little glimpses of, like, the circular economy of right-wing fuckwittery, like, you know, pumping out day after day that the, uh, you know, the crumbling infrastructure and... People who have never gotten a tra- haven't gotten a train since 1972, saying that the trains <laughs> are crumbling and like 
Yeah, f- filled with just views back- with, with knives yeah. and stabs, yeah. And just repeating that shit back to the right-wing think tanks that then feed that report directly to the fucking right-wing government, which then, you know, hand-in-glove yeah. with the right-wing press. And yeah, oh, cool, it's a nice little, like, taducken of annoying people talking about things that they haven't had to deal with in, like, decades. These worries from focus groups conducted in, in, in the northwestern town last year highlight one of the greatest national problems right now. Crime. Focus groups. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Specifically, Rob, the persistent... You're, Rob, yeah? like, you're a numbers guy. Am, am I, I right numbers. in thinking that... Am I right in thinking that crime overall has tended to decrease over the last 30 or 40 years? Massively so. I had a quick look actually at the ONS statistics before, uh, re- before you know, coming on. Uh, yeah, crime essentially has fallen. Serious crime, knife crime, violent crime, all those categories have like essentially fallen massively. Certainly, the last decades. Also, last year, apart from a few categories, the main one being like domestic violence is up. But that's not what this is about. Like the amount of serious crime that is likely to occur to you is really low. Again, apart from domestic crime. However, and this is the interesting thing, is um, there was also recent polling out that the perception of crime is way <laughs> up from last year. Wow! Uh, how weird. How did that happen? What's the curious? Is could we could we pull another line onto this graph, please, Rob? What's the uh, sales figures for like you know Murdoch's media, you know, in the UK? Nah, like, they're still down every year, like? year on year. But it's just like hold on, you let, know, me just, let just... me just pull up a picture of a toilet that's been flushed. <laughs> it's it's just ambient shit that's like floating around on Facebook, you know, like uh, uh, it's the shit. That, Brief side tangent, but you know it's the type of shit that that uh, the Daily Mail and the Telegraph and stuff like just love making hay of. Like they just pick one especially atrocious crime and they just repeat it over and over again until people just think that there's a massive national trend going on. I mean, they, anyway. they do the exact same thing in the US, don't they? There was like yeah, um, all, all the fucking um, grocery stores were reporting that they were seeing like they were like seeing massive amounts of. Um, like shop uh, shoplifting and it just like as soon as as soon as literally anyone actually dug into the numbers it turns out that there were just a handful of instances of things being shoplifted and those few instances being exaggerated wildly out, outside of proportion yeah um according to police data Oldham sits in the worst 10 percent of the whole country for reported crime it is one of the least trusting neighborhoods in England, and on a measurement of its social fabric, it is in the bottom fifth nationally, but below many nearby parts of Greater Manchester, which achieved the dubious accolade of having the highest rate of public order offenses last year. Now, again, you know, this is... I wonder why, you know, I don't know the particular of, of Oldham's economy, but I'm willing to bet that Oldham's economy is not doing very well, and, you know, that may be the lack of trust. Well, and no, the, it's not. It's not doing very well because everyone's out too busy with crime. Yeah, but they're not spending it locally. That's a problem. The high street is closed as well. See, if you spent your NOS money locally, then that would be fine. You know, you could have a whole well, local NOS economy. Yeah, but when you understand the crime that's actually happening is the absolute like crime against humanity of stealing baby formula, like, you know, that's not really stuff that gets circulated back into the economy. Those fucking babies don't spend any money on their high street. <laughs> Ah, but, yeah, and, oh, sorry, and just, and sorry, just but, to hammer this point home, like if you see someone stealing food from a shop, no, you didn't. No, you didn't. Shut the fuck up. Um, 
Oh, sorry, but Seb has an answer for us. What is true in Oldham, which has received 20 million pounds from the Sunak government last week, is the same for every town yearning to be leveled up. This agenda is too often judged as an economic not to be unraveled to produce higher productivity, blah, blah, blah. But a stronger social fabric is critical for wealthier, happier country. It is no use opening a swish shared workplace if residences are too scared to walk to the shops or sit on a bench. There is no hope to restoring pride in place if there is visible drug taking while police pay little attention. It's so notable that there is no mention at all of like just youth centers stuff for can we adolescents just, and teenagers and kids to do can we just skip to the bit where he says that what we should do is like put single mothers in the stocks in the town square or whatever the fuck he's <laughs> gonna get at because it's it's gonna be some insane fucking bullshit like that isn't it uh, well, well, I think was like an do, almost like, like com- companion piece in the Telegraph, I think yesterday from uh, noted uh, uh, success, uh, political success wizard Nick Timothy, that the idea should actually be to just lock more criminals up for longer because there's no point in rehabilitation because people will just reoffend for reasons. So they I- just need to be locked up. See, I, I was about to say this is this is strong echoes of all the rhetoric over in um, San Francisco, California right now. Um, cause you know, they've got what was just described in that entire sequence of like, you know, you can't, you've got all these swish workplaces, but you can't walk to local shops because of like homelessness and rampant drug taking, et cetera, et cetera. That's San Francisco. Like that, that's what why we've got can't going you on walk, over there. Why can't you walk to the shop because of homelessness? <laughs> because they're afraid they'll get mugged. Cause they'll have to see a poor person. Yeah. On, mm. I was in San Francisco a couple of months ago. It's fine. You can just walk to the shops. You just need to not be such a you know weirdo about it. It's fine. Um, but what if you it, saw it, a poor Rob? What if you saw one and it looked at you? What then? Not yeah. I, as long as they avert their gaze a little bit, like cause if they stab me in the eye, I think I'd be quite worried. I have to be honest. <laughs> if they if they let their eyes upon God Emperor of Japan, Rob. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> if they didn't doff their caps, I don't know. I think, you know, that 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 may be just a thing of it. But it's also like this is such a this is such a fucking thing. It's like it's no use opening a swish shared workspace. It's like you know, look, that's not a what lot we need. Of, but well, maybe it is, but maybe they don't. But like, I'm going to assume that the the answer to the structural issues of Who Oldham the fuck needs a shared workplace anyway. That's some bullshit. That like, that's yeah. just that's yeah. I mean, that's just you know, that's just we work. It's essentially just why isn't we work in Oldham? Well, it's because of the crimes. I'm like, no, I don't think that's that's true. And I also don't think that you're going to get like a stronger social f- uh, fabric by opening a we work equivalent. It doesn't work that way. Like the problem of the high street is is like decades old and is really complicated. And like it's something I really want to do an episode on because it's like, it. The problem wasn't that like people started knifing each other to death in the streets. Like it just it it, it hasn't been that. It's just like part of the move in England to the suburbs of the wealthier people and you know the rise of online shopping and all that stuff like that's what's killed the fucking downtown everywhere but can we can we can we just overlay a graph showing the economic turnover of the high street and the economic worth of say amazon.com because I've got a funny feeling we might see a nice inverse going on there yes yeah also, there's no hope of restoring pride in place if there is visible drug taking while the police pay little attention. Well, I mean, we've said this before on the podcast. It's not the the Bobby's on the beat thing is a fucking misnomer and it doesn't work anyway. And also, like, like 
if people are like taking drugs or like smoking fucking joint in public, is it should like what should the police do? I mean, it, this is the time, so I'm assuming their answer is just like snipers on every rooftop. But howitzers. Yeah. <laughs> the ur text of leveling up, a tome-like 300-plus page white paper, highlighted the direct link between economic progress and crime. Now. Apart from any other thing, uh, go listen to the old episode about We Don't Talk or Weather About It because they are much more interested in um, recreating medieval Florence uh, across the UK than they are in solving crime. I guarantee you that. Uh, when Boris Johnson sought to define leveling up in one of the many, many speeches trying to nail down exactly what he was doing in office, he argued that crime was one of the basic challenges. In his words, we will be ruthless in fighting crime because it is the poorest and most vulnerable who suffer the most. Now, I would argue that that is broadly construed true, but it's not, you know... It's not somebody doing noise or something on a street corner. The fighting crime that's never taking place that hurts the poor and the vulnerable is fucking people shipping their money offshore and not paying taxes and, you know, getting fucking uh, uh, giant contract, multi-billion contracts from the government who then turns around and what says... What are you, some kind of pink or... I, I'm very sad to report that, yes, I am. Um, Carry on. <laughs> <laughs> Because, like, that's not the crime they're talking about. Because we will be ruthlessly fighting crime because there's the poorest and most vulnerable who suffer the most. It's like, yeah, that's true. But, you know, you're also... What he means is they're all going to dress up like Batman. <laughs> well, uh, uh, not, not to presage too much uh, of what's coming later in the article. Um, but the problem is getting worse. Oh, the Seth Payne dress up as Batman. That'd be fucking hilarious. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like the Batman look would yeah. be detracted from quite quite severely if they were like wearing glasses and carrying a briefcase. A utility briefcase, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> In the West Midlands town of Walsall, which also received 20 million, public order offences and cases of harassment has risen sharply over the past decades. Incidents of violence without injury have incidents of violence without injury have doubled. One resident noticed, n noted in a focus group that shoplifting has become rife because both the owners and criminals know that no one will stop it. Staff don't need to risk their life for bits of meat or an Easter egg. Here too, scores of interviewees insisted risk that- Risk your life. Risk <laughs> your life. Say, risk your, just the fucking hardened ram raid criminals going for the eggs. It's yeah. like, you know, bastard in, firing the AK into the ceiling. Everyone down on the ground! And then just immediately going for the eggs and, like, the bread and, like, you know, the fucking infant well, formula. Well, that explain why there are no eggs in the fucking shops these days. It's just, like, absolutely amazing. Just a payday two gang have shown up and they're going for your local grocery. Just fantastic. Love it. Justin yes. Timberlake and Amanda Seyfried distributing meat. <laughs> <laughs> Risk your life. More like Risk just your going, life. Yeah. yeah. Carry, carry on, mate. My, it's, they don't pay me enough to care. That's yeah. all that's going on there. Well, no, that's, really also, a, that, that's like what they're saying. They're trying to get you to picture like Britain as a nation of shopkeepers, you know, and so shoplifters are actually the worst evil because they're depriving like the poor old couple that like runs the corner shop for the good of the village of their of their like living. When in actual fact, it's people just like blagging fucking you know chickens from Tesco or some shit, and good for them. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. Tesco it's like if you can steal buy another fucking chicken, the rich motherfuckers. <laughs> yeah, exactly, and also like, of course, like what are you supposed to do as like the underpaid checkout staff, like? 
chase after somebody who's like stolen an easter egg i mean like we said before no a no you didn't steal anybody stealing shit and b like of course you're not gonna fucking do that that's like why would well, you but w- you underestimate how much of a fucking help it would be to dip shits like said pain if someone like got clocked strolling out of fucking tesco with like a, a cabri's easter egg under their arm and one of the fucking shop staff took off and it was basically like the opening 15 minutes of narc where they're just like chasing them through a housing estate and then and then the the you know the brave fucking Tesco soldier gets like gunned down by a street gang. Imagine the fucking uproar you could cause with that. Like yeah, it's, this it's, man like desperately trying to save Easter for the children and look how he was repaid by violent hoodies. Basically, you know, something, something, it leads up to the raid, except it's to recover baby formula, yeah. you know? If you're, yeah. if you're um, listening, by the way, and you're working on the spec script for Harry Brown 2, this is ours. Copyright, copyright. <laughs> but the, the annoying thing is, it's like, okay, let's, let's, let's back up a second and let's assume that there's some, like, criminality that's actually worth it. Like, why the fuck would the people behind the counter actually bother anyway? Because what's their reward? Genuinely. Yeah, what not. is the reward for the going out there? The thanks of and... a grateful nation. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, let's do, like... let's do a round of clapping for um, people yeah. who stop people shoplifting from food. Uh, shoplifting food, rather. Product retention guards, or whatever the fuck they're called these days. Uh, it, it's, it is very funny to me that like the the security guards are paid basically the exact same wage as the people on the tills. Like... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's wild, like. One security guard said that in response to shoplifting, a policeman just told them to call 999. It's like, what else yeah, are they supposed to do? How's that going to work out? Also, what, what the fuck's a security guard supposed to do? Like, I generally don't know. Do, do like, are security guards in British shop empowered to, like, wrestle people to they the ground? They fucking wish. Do you remember that fucking show we watched for that one episode ages and ages yeah. ago? Oh, yeah, that fucking, like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, like that's that's the extent they all, they they can... all think they're in a fucking like Jason Bourne film or some shit, and it's like, mate, your job is to make sure I'm not wearing twice as many hats as I came in at the shop with as I exit. <laughs> Wind yeah. your fucking neck in. There's like there's strong limits on what they can actually physically do, and uh, if you've if you've exited the complex where they're employed, then they can do fuck all to you. So. Like that. That's why, like in certain high streets yeah, in like, Scotland, it's like the fucking county line in Dukes of Hazard. It kind of <laughs> is, yeah. <laughs> in certain in certain high streets in Scotland, where it's like the street itself isn't part of any kind of complex, whatever. All the security guards basically can do is they can try and intercept someone before they're leaving a shop, or once they've done it, then they get on the radio to all the other security guards and all the other shops, and they all just basically stand at the doorway and make sure they don't come into their shop. That, that's that's it. That's that's what they can do essentially. It's really quite fucked. Like it's a it's a position which shouldn't exist in a society that's in any way healthy and doesn't really accomplish much in a society that isn't. But we've got it anyway because you need to be seen to do something to maintain shareholder confidence. Is all it comes down to. Yeah, it's just. It, I mean, this is like the 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 supermarket equivalent of security theater. Like you just have a guy yeah. there to <laughs> yeah. make. Yeah. Well, what 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 are the big beeping gates at the front, if not the you know the, the prototype of the, like the fucking oh, scanner as you go through? For real, like the 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 ult the, the epitome of this is the fucking sticker that they put yeah. on some food that is just like yeah. this is a security sticker. I thought the yellow sticker, man. Like, are you gonna let a sticker tell you what to do? 
It's got fucking magnets in it, though. How do they work? <laughs> I remember when I was a very young child, I had a Power Rangers, like, a, it was a gun that could turn into a sword sort of thing. And you pulled the trigger and it made pew-pew noises, right? And uh, I remember I was out with my brother one day, and being a young kid, I brought it with me because, go figure, normal. And um, it set off every single one of those fucking detector gates. Every single fucking one in every shop we went into. And... Um, like all, all the people were cracking up over it because you know hey uh we're gonna have to start frisking people for armed weapons and all this kind of shit apart from one fucking shop and i'll let you guess which shop it was because it's very guessable where the guy like insisted on us turning out all our pockets or whatever even after demonstrating it was the toy sitting off the fucking gate would you like to guess which shop it was that insisted on this waitrose woolworths no wh smith's toys r us think about uh no, no, it wasn't. Actually, we never went into Toys R Us, but the one toy shop we did go into just laughed our ass off and then actually went and grabbed one off the shelf to see if it worked for that as well. Spoilers, it did. Uh, no, it was HMV. HMV insisted on emptying out all of our pockets and showing all of our receipts for all of the stuff we'd been in, even after having it demonstrated that, no, it's the toy that's setting off the gate, mate. Um, so, yeah. Fucking, that is like a, a microcosm of Britain in some way. It, it inscribes something indelibly into my soul that remains with me to this day. Well, I mean, it's it's uh, it's been very successful for HMV stopping you from taking your toy in there. I'm 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 not checking, but I think HMV is still around because of their security policies. Yeah, absolutely. A new antisocial behaviour strategy is due shortly from the government. It will undoubtedly feature a range of initiatives allowing ministers to appear active, including banning of laughing gas canisters. Yeah, there we go, Jess. All right, Jess Flips' mission in fucking politics is done. And bulking I mean, up... How, how, ma how many levels of illegal is nitrous at this point? Because I feel like we're at, like, level three of illegal. <laughs> like the terror alert, you mean? Like, yeah, are we, yeah are we, I mean, like, every so often, every so often they just, like, notch the dial up one level and it's like, whoa, now, now, it, now oh, the police are going to be able to smell it on you. Just, yeah. like, genuinely, like, what, forgive me, right, I've never done nitrous. I've, I've had it, like, when getting a tooth pulled when I was a young kid. But to my knowledge, people who do nitrous just get giggly and a little bit lightheaded and that's it. Like, I don't think it really is a, causes much criminality, does it, Alistair? Like, does it actually... Does it have any downsides other than if you take too much of it, you kill some brain cells? I mean, cells? Have, have you ever seen someone trying to drive a car while doing that shit? It's fucking insane, but uh, you probably shouldn't be doing any kind of drugs while driving a car, really. But, yeah, just basic common sense shit, same as alcohol. Yeah, I mean, but, like, this is, like, the entire, like, you know, war, war on drugs ethos of... Uh, trying to win against something that everybody's trying to do like they tried to do with alcohol in 19 in the 1920s in america and they tried to do with all the other drugs the in from like the 70s and well, yeah, the, who, the, who has won i think it's drugs the problem is it's like you know the kids are doing this and people can look at like you know daily mail readers can look like twitch their curtains a little and see the kids doing this on the street corner and then leaving a tiny bit of litter behind and that just will not stand so that fucking thing that went around Twitter today where the guy was like, oh, we're the last generation that ever played outside. And it's like, yeah, because you, you vote for fucking machine gun emplacements every 20 yards to stop kids from playing outside. Mm. Like, <laughs> you know, oh, the fucking kids today are up to no good. It's like, yeah, because you had everything kids do legally classified as no good. It's also just like if you're a kid, you're not allowed to be in a park. Yeah. Like, 
you're just not allowed to if there's a park first of all it's probably not being maintained right it's not getting the litter picked and all the rest of it and second uh even if it is being maintained if you're a child or if you're even just vaguely youth looking you're not allowed to be there full stop and definitely not later in the day um uh, when it starts to get a little bit darker um mm-hmm. under any circumstances because that's first when, of all it won't be that's lighting. when teens do the murders yeah like this kind of shit and it's like it's, it's just it's fucking horrible you know there's a whole thing about third spaces like you need a, a space which isn't home and isn't work we can go hang out and have it don't exist and you know what like if you're a kid and you don't have like any income whatsoever they just don't exist full stop there's no like rob was saying there's no fucking you know youth centers there's no places where you can just go sit with your mates um and and like that fundamentally has done more to damage like the social fabric than anything else. I think. Anyway, I'll shut up. Carry on with the article. Rob uh, depresses well, more. Well, I mean, I was I was going to actually add on to that. Like it is like a, this fundamental tenet of neoliberalism, where if you are not an economic actor doing economic things in a place, then you shouldn't be there, and you have to be removed. Like I mean, this yeah. is this applies mm. pretty much equally to parks and also to shopping centers like you are a youth you've probably got about five pounds to your name and you're probably going to spend it on something like a mcdonald's milkshake or something and once you've drunk that fuck off do not come back and if you try and walk around any of the shops we're going to bar you yeah no i mean it's it it is really astonishing every time in i'm in the uk it's like how 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 few spots there are for just like yeah. being outside and just hanging out and also like not coincidentally but it of course is all also massively hangs together with like the giant cuts to like local council budgets over the last 10 years like i think if councils even if let's presuppose the miraculous thing of a good council that actually wants to make things nice for their citizens i know we can all stop laughing in a moment but like let's presuppose mm-hmm. that that's the actual case right like they don't have the money to build a nice, you know, whatever, a skate park or some benches or maintain the public spaces anymore because they don't have the budget. It's gone. It's fucked, you know, and, and there's probably going to be another round of, like, local council cuts coming down the pipe where they've already said, well, then we have to cut, like, statutory duties. So, like, what the fuck are local councils supposed to do with this? And, like, the answer is this leveling up horseshit, which is just from... You mentioned skate parks there. We've got a skate park nearby. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And the fucking... It's, like, far enough away from, like... It's not, like, literally next to a house or anything, you know? But people have complained about kids making noise, and it's, like, it's a fucking skate park with kids on it. They're supposed to make noise. They're allowed to make noise. Do you know what I mean? But um, also people have complained because there's too many kids from outside the village coming to use it. And it's like, yeah, I wonder if that's because it's the only fucking thing like that for about 100 miles. Do you know what I mean? There's literally nothing anywhere. Like, is it Uh, supposed to be, like, do I have to show... Because if the evil teenagers turn up to actually do skateboarding tricks, then it, like, it might intimidate, like, the fucking four-year-olds who are up there in lieu of, like, parental governance, you know what I mean? Like, if you live next to the skate park, you just send your four-year-old up there to, like, play on the fucking ramp, and then they might get injured by someone on a skate on a skateboard. Slamming the, the skate front door park. behind my four-year-old like a cat where it's been let out for the day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I also... It, it's definitely tied into hostile architecture as well. It's like, you know, it's not just enough that there's no place where you can, like, hang out. Either places that you can hang out, you can't fucking sit down for more than, like... 
10 minutes, but it's more like a lean than a seat because God forbid it be a place that a homeless person might like. Well, exactly, because you know, they've literally ripped out the benches in a lot of places and replaced them with those yeah. shite things where you can't lay down on them horizontally, as exactly as you say, James, because of homeless and people. Did you see, um, the intersection of these things is when, of course, they rip out the benches, replace them with things you can lean on, and then put on specially designed hostile architecture to make sure you can't use them as a skate park. Like, uh, it's Did you great. see that, um, that guy that got crushed to death installed on a fucking, like... Uh, like Thunderbird style public toilet in London oh, yeah. last week. Thunderbird yeah, poo. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's like, oh, you can't have an actual public toilet because then people might go in there for shelter and we can't have that. So instead we have this like fucking like the opening 15 minutes of Stingray where it like comes up out of the ground when like fucking, you know, the fish people threaten to attack. It's also just, it's not so much for shelter. It's my God, the gays might use it for sex. Like, God help us, uh, as though we're still in, like, 1990s, frankly. It is... It, when it, like... The thing is, though, as well, that that's already claimed one life before they've even fucking installed it properly. How many lives do you think it's going to, like, claim from drunk people? Whenever, whenever, we, whenever the topic of, like, you know, public spaces, like, which includes, like, you know, public, public toilets, I always... I, I always think of when I used to drive vans for Asda because this is this is something that anyone who's ever had to like drive a lot for a job will know is there is nowhere there is fucking nowhere to go to the toilet in this country mm. when I, no like, it's there was, baffling it was like, it was I have like to a, fucking say like it's genuinely it yeah. blows my mind every time I'm in the UK because you know like it's not like Switzerland has one on every fucking corner but like if you need a bathroom there is one I, you know it's like a it's like a public water fountain they're everywhere here like I could just bring a bottle and refill it with free drinkable water in the UK I have to go and buy plastic in uh, the, the delivery area that I covered was something like forty or fifty square miles, and there was one public toilet that uh, was open to just you know general general use, and that got closed when someone dumped a fucking sofa in it. <laughs> <laughs> it's also, I mean, if you're lucky, you'll also find you know there's public toilets uh, available, but they charge, which seems to defeat the entire fucking yeah, point. Yeah, then there's no public like, toilet. Yeah, exactly. Like they, they had this for a while in Central Station in Glasgow, which is one of a few like actually accessible, you know, here is a central place with a toilet you can use. And they put like fees on it. And wouldn't you know it, the fucking amount of public fouling in the nearby area went up like an astronomical amount to the extent that they've since like the, the, the turnstiles are there, but they've ripped out the things and now it's free to go in and out of them. Um, it's like it's just basic like shit. It's like just forgetting the fundamentals of how civilization works, and then having to reinvent it. When huh? Why is all this human shit t- turning up in our streets? Hmm. Maybe we shouldn't get rid of public toilets. Okay, let's introduce a public toilet. Oh, I great, don't know we got rid what of... um, I don't know what fundamentals of like civilization you're talking about because the guiding principles of all civilization now are fuck you and more money for us. Yeah. If 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 citizens feel unable to hop on a bus, they are less likely to commute, visit a high street for pleasure, and further deprive their towns of sorely needed businesses. I think, Seb, what you'll find if you listen to our episodes on fucking buses, the problem is, is that there are no goddamn buses. It's not the problem that they're unsafe. They just literally don't fucking exist. And if they do, they're too expensive because they were privatized. So fuck you. So local, so local leaders should start with public transport. 
correct but not with security they should offer more if you want to revitalize the high street why don't you make sure that people can fucking get to it and they'll end up in the fucking parking lot and shopping more outside town this is just one of to revitalize the high street give every bus driver a gun (laughs) (laughs) this is just one of a number of specific but specific but idiotic suggestions that i've come up with throughout this (laughs) tedious article This is just one of the specific but significant potential fixes diagnosed by Onward in our upcoming report uh, on leveling up, blah, blah, blah. And, uh, Jamie, you were talking earlier about uh, Batmans. Mm -hmm. The most effective deterrent is eyes on the street, including volunteer street (laughs) angel patrols on public transport. (laughs) (laughs) I think we need to change your nickname. No, street angel of death is a good one, actually. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh god can you imagine they should just like, get, like pensioners to do it you know what i mean just get like a fucking like doris and fucking like mary from the, the the bingo to just like sit and watch an entire fucking death witch box set and then get out on the streets <laughs> looking for vengeance doris and mary wearing like uh military gear and like punisher badges and just sitting on the bus all day glaring at you it's it's so the thin gray up. line it's so fucked up though because this stuff like if you actually go into community based law and like you know civil order kind of structures or community based policing spit like the the, the premise of the whole thing is you actually have a community where everyone watches out and like keeps an eye on what's going on essentially and as a community they kind of you know mediate and regulate you know misbehaviour etc but no we can't have any of that we got to fucking like take away any sense of like social construct that allows people to care for their own place in their own society etc replace it with a police force and then gut that and then turn the community itself into kind of like a fucking nascent police force except with more harry well, brown I mean, yeah, but what, what, what you end up fucking getting are those fucking bmp psychos who roam the south coast mm-hmm. like banging on hotel doors looking for migrants like that's what you end up fucking getting you know, like, I'm sorry, but this volunteer street angel patrol is just is just an invitation for the BMP. Like, that's what you get. Yeah. Yeah. Even improved okay, streetlighting. Yeah, light- that's what Seb wants, though. Yeah, the, yeah. Even improved streetlighting helps reducing antisocial behavior by as much as 20%, according to a home office. This is just nudge shit. This is just like... Yeah. It, like... Uh, like, yes, there should be more fucking streetlights. There, there really should be, but not to, like, stop crime. It should just be because it's good to have some form of streetlight. I mean, not too much because, uh, you know, we, I don't... Here's an idea. Why don't, why don't we repurpose the streetlights into spotlights that can be manned by a 70-year-old person who thinks they're in Dad's army? Yeah, like a... Yeah, okay. with a gun attached to it. Like with yeah, the, I mean, if it's a yeah. machine gun nest. <laughs> Uh, local leaders should identify antisocial behavior hotspots down to street corner level and target resources accordingly, given the majority of antisocial behavior caused by a number, small number of individuals. So what they're saying is, like, your local councillor should be empowered to tell the police which corners they should stand on and which people they should chase after. I can't imagine this ever going wrong, ever. Be, what with Britain's fucking every local one of these fucking idiots wishes they were in the wire, don't they? Like there was in, just some like some no go area, like fucking Amsterdam, 
of the town <laughs> where they could just like herd all the criminals into and then fucking wall off. In the Welsh town of Barry, one of the most promising examples of leveling up in action, the introduction of alcohol-free zones has reduced binge drinking and encouraged more families to drop by. No, it's just displaced drinking. It hasn't reduced it. It just pushed it into another area. And then, you know, made, made a plastic zone. I think it's um I think it's disgraceful of Seb to like throw his support behind Sharia law like this. <laughs> <laughs> Antisocial behaviour has become a national blight, not just for towns. Towns, 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 towns. <laughs> I mean I, <laughs> it is so fucking uh, it just annoys me whenever they say shit like this you know this is what you have done you are responsible for this yeah you know huge surge in people being concerned about crime and binge drinking and all this other shit or antisocial behavior you are responsible why do you think people are talking about it so much because they read it in the fucking papers which are recirculated through tv news like I, I I know I know that that, that it's not their job to pretend to understand anything, but it does great when it's just this completely in your face. And also, like you, it, it, apart from you know, you did this. It's like you also did this economically. Like since Thatcher, you told everybody that there's no such thing as society. You you defunded the councils. You ripped up every local civic institution because if it if it didn't conform to the market in literally every sense, you replaced it with a fucking Starbucks. And then you know you took people's money away so they couldn't go to the Starbucks anymore. And then you left everybody fucking atomized and fucked in the middle of nowhere. And then what a guess what the what they do when they don't feel any connection to any kind of society anymore because you lit you wanted this to happen you said you know of course what they really wanted to happen in the long run is for the underclasses to essentially die or become servile which is you know part of this of course is this, this is just more policing shit but like this is you wanted this to happen you created all the conditions for this to happen and you say oh what happened like fuck just fuck right off with this shit Successfully reducing crime is the absolute minimum of what voters expect from... <laughs> Real psycho hours, just the way, the, the way we're so hard at this point, Rob, you transitioned from your despair-filled, like, rage against dying of night straight into calmly reading the article. Oh, it's and, like, uh, you know, yeah. But we no, mentioned I'm not having this. to go at you, just like, this is the nature of our society now. It's we, like, uh, we, you know, we, we feel all of this and the media just carries on. We, be, we like successfully reducing crime crime is down I said it at the top of the article apart from domestic violence which is up which is partly due to everybody being locked in with each other during corona it's fucking terrible mm -hmm. and you know that's something that really needs addressing s seriously and systemically but like it doesn't need reducing it has been reduced it's at a very very low level it's gone up a little bit since corona but like from any measurable standpoint of any serious crime that you could encounter in your life it by any serious measure any statistical analysis it is vastly down what he's talking about which but that goes against the the instinct of everything in the fucking times is the the perception of crime is up but the perception of crime like 
how the fuck is the even even being generous and saying that that the that, that any police service was actually seriously engaged in reducing crime instead of committing it a la the fucking metropolitan police is uh you know what how are they supposed to reduce your perception of crime when you just sit indoors and watch fucking piers morgan all day like what what are you what are they supposed to do with that shit i don't even f- they should start writing their own articles for the mail the sun the times the guardian that's how it, it rarely springs to the top of the polls of most concerning issues, but it's the driver of, uh, of all manner of other concerns. With a majority of Britons believing the police won't bother to deal with a stolen bike or a nicked mobile phone, they are naturally floating towards the Labour Party on terrain that could not be more conservative. What? Believing as opposed to just knowing. Hmm. I mean, we all of us have talked. I think, well, not all of us, because you know, what with me not being British, but um, it, you've all talked about like, yeah, the police are useless when shit actually happens to yeah. you. You just get a crime number, like absolutely fucking worthless. Like everyone knows that. I mean, but I remember that story it's... you told like episodes ago, Jamie, with like where you, I think you ended up like driving the people who tried to steal your car literally to the station. Yeah, and then not being mm-hmm. like, yeah, I can't be asked to get out of my fucking seat. Yeah, they, they, they're fucking absolutely useless, like. But everyone knows that. You only ring them for a crime number. Like, I imagine, though, that, like, if you're well off enough to be writing shit for the fucking, like, mail or the fucking Times or whatever, you, you, the police maybe take you a little bit more seriously. Oh, yeah, if they if they hear that there's a threat that it might end up in a newspaper, then they'll imagine, yeah. oh, shit, we might actually have to do something about this. Yeah. I imagine that if Seb Payne's mobile phone got stolen, they would actually start checking like local cameras and taking him very seriously because of the nature of who he is in the British establishment. But, you know, there's only a limited number of Seb Payne's going around. I mean, there's more than there should be, which is zero, but, you know. And also, on terrain, there could not be more conservative. It's like, well... I don't know. They, it seems to be just a bidding war to see, you know, who could invent the the, the criminal railgun first at the moment. It's like, it's, it's ah. But above all, it is a moral endeavor, not merely a political one. It lowers mobility. Citizens have no desire to move to an area with a reputation for being ridden with crime. Higher crime is in lockstep with every other bad life outcome, be it wealth, happiness, or life expectancy. Again, um, I wonder which one of those is the main driving factors in beh- behind all of these issues. It's it it's just some people are naturally criminals, Alistair. The underclasses uh, are naturally yeah, it's criminal. The shape of the brain pan. Uh, I, I, I realised I should I should have told my partner to buy that uh, phrenology bus that they found in that antique shop. <laughs> <laughs> Violent offences are almost three times higher in neighbourhoods that make up the poorest ten percent of England than those in the richest ten percent. Wow. Wonder why? Why mm. is that? You reckon? Fucking Seb. What well, some something about sleeping under bridges? The law and his majesty equally forbids the rich man and the poor man from. Nah, never mind. No, yeah, no. not relevant. The poorest fifth of citizens have hospital admission rates due to violence five times higher than compared to the most affluent fifth. Not for too much longer, though. <laughs> Fingers <laughs> fucking crossed. Um, oh, for God. Oh, God, I forgot this last paragraph. I'm having... Give me a second while I have a nervous fucking breakdown. 
I mean, isn't that what this pod basically is? Us having a slow, nervous breakdown. Because this is now we're back to talking about levelling up. Oldham's oh, £20 million pounds is heading to a business centre, improving education and green spaces. <sighs> I'm sure the people of, people of Oldham are thrilled to have a business centre. T- again, town regeneration, high streets. It's something I want to do an episode on because it is, but it's super complex. It's quite interesting, but how... <sighs> Over, since Blair, right? Let's let's be generous and say since Blair. How many times has national government, regional government, local government done this exact fucking thing? We need to do... Uh, we need... What, what will improve the lives of people in the area? Well, it's jobs. How do we get jobs here? Well, we need to... to, to we need to... Uh, 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 lure them in. We need to build a little... Like, uh, we need to build a business trap. And, but we need to fill <laughs> we, it. We with... need to get a big building, prop it up on a big like log, and then lure in the businessmen with like fucking but Bitcoin with... or whatever, and then they can knock out, the, knock out the log and trap them in the building. It, and like, how many times have we done this? You know, like the local business community development park, lower business rates for for the high streets, all that shit. It's like, has it worked ever? Has it worked? Fuck. Because all you're doing is like, all right, we, you give 20 million, you're the council, so you take 20 million for the business center, or let's be generous and say half. The council gives it to one of their close mates who is a property developer because that's all they fucking do. Um, and then mo- half of that business center will turn out to be luxury flats, which is just going to drive up rents in the area and make everything unlivable for everybody else. And with the other 10 million, they build like a series you of- big, of, big ditch. Uh, or, or, no, like you build a series of miniature uh, WeWork establishments with with broadband connected Wi-Fi and like a, a, a water cooler in the corner. It's going to look like dog shit. It doesn't do anything. And the only reason people are going to be moving in is because it's like it's it, it has it has, you know, a literally f- it has a financial benefit of you moving in for all of, you know, for a year or two years. And then when it's- when, when the 20 million's up, when the money's run out and the council says, well, now you have to pay actual local council rates, they the fucking business says, well, we're mobile anyway. We're not going to be in Oldham anymore. We're going to be in Swansea where they're doing the same fucking thing over and over and over again. We've been doing this for 30 years, if not more. What's been the fucking result? Has anything fucking happened? No, because you're just engaging at a local level in a bidding war for the worst cunts imaginable. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, it ultimately it's not about helping local communities. It's about giving a subsidy to business who will then basically give donations to the politicians. Is is basically what that's the circular economy they're actually interested in, right? Which is they use state state assets to subsidise business. Businesses will then pay money into the coffers of the politicians to help their re-election, so they can also um, you know drink from the state tea and around and around it goes. The thing that actually makes a difference is when you stop the fucking bleeding by engaging in like organised like local circular economies like the Preston model but you know that doesn't get you elected by you know it doesn't put any money into your pocket it doesn't help you build a new garage or whatever cough cough um like you know this is the the malaise of our times is that our politicians are all systemically not legally but systemically corrupt and they have been since about the 80s give or take this week earlier its residents have higher priorities. This week, Michael Gove... Rem- See, there he is, getting a nice little nod in. Uh, this week, Michael Gove reminded us that the old broken windows cliche remains too true. 
again, broken windows is a whole political theory of policing that says you need to stop people from breaking window because people can see you can break a window. They think you can break in. It's it's literally what led to like an epidemic of cop violence everywhere it's been tried. Like mm -hmm. a, a couple of years ago, I can't remember what were they called again. The stop and frisk orders. That was London, yeah. right? Uh, uh, if I remember correctly. Stop and search, the, wasn't it? Thank you. Stop and search. That was a that just led to like you know, 10 times as many BAME kids being stopped and frisked and having their pockets turned out as white kids. It just led to, you know, the hammer coming down on vulnerable minorities in society and it didn't reduce actual crime for shit. It just, you I know, remember um, seeing a thing on the telly and this would be like, fuck it, this would be like back when Blair was prime minister, I think it must have been that long ago, but yeah. it was one of those like fucking... British shows you get where it's like we followed some fucking polis around and like look at all the fucking like stupid shit they got up to for the good of the nation and there was two fucking like coppers on there explaining how because like because of the because of political correctness they would have called it at the time but like because of the the fucking the, the woke political correctness they weren't allowed to search anyone unless they like unless they were acting suspiciously <laughs> or they gave consent to a search but they had quite clever, and they were like openly bragging about this, like on the TV as well. They'd quite cleverly reasoned that they could argue that, like, not giving consent for a search was suspicious behaviour. Oh, and then fuck just like force yeah, people course. to be searched. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, all right, like, well done, genius. I'm sure, you fucking uh, one weird trick that lawyers hate you for and all that. You know? Yeah, and also like, I mean, even if you did this, even if we bent, went back to this shit, it's not going to reduce the crime because the crime. Like, this is, it's not the answer. This, again, different episode, but the answer to crime is not more policing. You just you just create more misery. And quite frankly, looking at the Met over the last few years, you just create more rapists and there's not enough bus drivers to call to stop them. Um, God. Jesus. A smashed up... A smashed up shop front is a symbol of decay, precisely what leveling up is meant to address. Yeah. Everyone's painting, everyone's painting that on the flags of their fucking, like, Nurgle army in 40k, aren't they? Like a smashed-up shop front. Famously the logo. <laughs> the three lobes of Nurgle spray-painted on every shop front in the nation. Yeah. Champion Blobby rolling across the battlefield, carrying a big fucking banner that just shows a fucking, I don't know, W.H. Smith or... No, a, a Woolworths with a smashed-up storefront. Yeah, okay, sure. <laughs> With about 5% of neighborhoods responsible for over 50% of crime, there is no doubt where the problem is. See, you're right all along, Jamie. They just want to fence off certain neighborhoods, put a big wall yeah. around them, and then turn the guns inward. Hey. Unlike some of the trivial matters that dominate our discourse, this has deep salience. Yeah, no, no, there's no, there's no triviality to crime discourse. Certainly not on the pages of the fucking Telegraph. Or the fucking Times, or the Daily Mail, or the Sun. No, they'd never, they'd never t treat crime lightly or with you know an undue amount of seriousness. They would never just you know make up crime to scare the shit out of their readers for the next election. Why that would be treating it as trivial? That's not something the Times would ever engage in, would it? Fuck. Unless, of course, the criminal happens to be transgender, then of course it's not trivial. It's a matter of national fucking security. Fuck you, Seb Payne. The answers are known. All that is missing, as with <laughs> I love so the much. Gear shift. I do. <laughs> <laughs> 
The answers are known. All that is missing, as with so much wrong in Britain right now, is the impetus to get on with it. <sighs> I, lo- I love uh, it when we just, like, cap off uh, an entire section of talk- talking about how crime isn't a triviality with a fucking platitude. <laughs> yeah. It's the, it's the er British platitude. Just get on with it. Just, just carry on. Just don't think... Just do. And the do is just get on and ignore problems. Yeah, or commit more violence. Does anyone Mm. else remember that, like, two or three year period where, like, all the Tories were ever saying to any criticism is that they were focused with getting on with the job? That was a a Mm -hmm. fun time, wasn't it? That's what Labour is doing right now. They're they're constantly urging the government to get on with the job. You remember all the dither and delay Uh, stuff? That's the same thing. It's just the obverse of this. The obverse of get on with it is dither and the day. Like, what are you supposed to, what are you supposed to get on with as a as a local councillor? I don't go- know. Like, I don't fucking know. I have a I have a friend who was a councillor in Edinburgh, and they jacked it in because they couldn't actually make any meaningful change. Like, it was basically impossible. They could do they could do casework, which they took very seriously, but it was immiserating because it was just always, like, tales of woe and it just was unending. And meanwhile, most of the councillors didn't fucking really bother their shirt for anyone they didn't think was important. And uh, there was no ability to make any structural change whatsoever. Like, you know, boom. But what are you meant to do? Nothing. That's the answer. Nothing. Yeah, and I mean, and you know, this whole right to to sort of place it in a bigger context, right? This is we've talked about this before as well, right? Like, one of the it is genuinely a problem, and I know we that Labour report was a lot of horseshit that we talked about with Phil Burton Cartlidge, but like, there is a real problem in the UK in that so much policy, even down to the local level, is made administratively. Uh, by the, by the ministries is made at a national level is made in Westminster or wherever the department has been moved out to right it local councils mm-hmm. have have so very little control over this and even if they had control over it they don't have the fucking money to solve anything structurally to you know to bring in more buses so people could go somewhere and maybe if there is a security problem on the bus to like have like somebody there because they don't have the money and like do you honestly think that like first express or whatever fucking vampire is running your bus route is going to do anything about it no of course they're not you know and one of the primary other primary problems is like there's no there's no there's no unless you really want to like your 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 friend james what is your incentive as a counselor to really do something structural about this rather than just you know hive it off or or say to like the psychos on your you know neighborhood watch whatsapp group to to say well you know why don't you have a gun gun and become a street angel patrol you know, like, yeah. what, are you, what are people? How is this supposed? How are you supposed to get on with this? What, what is the structural answer that's being presented here in this whole fucking document? Right. What are we supposed to get on with is just more crackdowns, more violence, more taking ways for people, spaces for people to congregate, less parks, less pleasant spaces for people to be. What are you supposed to do? Why are we revitalizing High Street? Oh, it's just its just so you can shop. It's just so you can have another fucking space to buy some more tat you don't need to keep the economy going. Also, by the way, you're not allowed to spend money because don't you know there's a recession on? And by the way, we're not fixing your fucking energy bills. Yeah, it, it fundamentally just comes down to this basic idea that 
society shouldn't exist. There's only economics. And ignoring the, the reality that these two things are interconnected, you know? Um, but, I mean, fuck it. I mean, you know, the, the most recent, to cap us all off, I guess, the most recent data shows that we've got worse growth than Russia, who's literally sanctioned to fuck, etc. Um, the UK is is basically spiralling into destruction, and there's no answers. There's nothing. Yeah. Womp womp. <sighs> I, I... I've, you know, I, me and Seb Payne have had somewhat of a troubled relationship over the last couple of years in terms of his shit fuck journalism, but I at least appreciate that at least he's left his job in a newspaper behind, if only for a little while, so he can just do his little pervert thing right out in the open. Like, there's, there's, that's, it's a small mercy, but it is one, you know, and now all we need is for Jim Pickard, shit Tintin, to fuck off as well from the Financial Times, and finally I can read a paper that's quite decent overall. So, you know, there is a silver lining to anything. And with that, I think that's the end of this episode. I hope you've all enjoyed this cheerful, lighthearted exploration. I'm, fucking, hope, I'm so fucking listen, furious. Listener, I hope you will join me in saying, fuck you, Sebastian Payne. <laughs> if anybody wants me, I will genuinely be in the angry dome for a little bit. Do you know, <laughs> just real, an image of the future has sloughed unbidden into my fucking mind, and it's the equivalent of like the TikTok gun influencers, except it's for vigilante crews. Like, uh, that's the image of the future. It's coming towards us. Imagine a boot uwu on a face forever. <laughs> oh well I just realised a TikTok gunfluencer sounds like something from Enter the Gungeon <laughs> anyway that's it uh, for us for another delightful episode of Podcasting as Praxis uh, thank you very much for l- listening uh, you can get Patreon bonus episodes. We just did a much more whimsical and genuinely delightful uh, movie re- review again. Uh, you can find that on patreon.com forward slash praxiscast. Uh, you can find delightful merchandise at praxiscast.tmail.com. And are we doing Twitch and uh, stream things? Yes. We are doing Twitch and or stream things. Twitch.com if forward slash praxiscast. It's, it's not. It's, it's twitch.tv. Twitch. Uh, whatever. <laughs> you know the Twitch. ones. T- Twitch.tv forward slash PraxisCast. Join us in particular on Thursday nights when there is lots of zombie killing going on. Yeah. yeah. See, there you go. Almost as professional as David, who's actually should be doing this. How dare you make me do this, David? All right. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. See ya. Bye.